0: Have you ever lost your cool, yelled at your child or maybe your partner and wondered, what do I do next? Have you ever wished you could keep your cool and yell less? Well, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Free Me From OCD podcast. If you or someone you love has OCD, you know that OCD can hold you hostage. OCD can get in the driver's seat of your life. Here you'll find the information, tips and tools to put you back in the driver's seat of your life. I'm Dr. Vicki Rackner, your host. I call on my experience as a mother of a son diagnosed with OCD when he was in college, physician and life coach to help you evolve into the best and highest version of yourself. Let's dive into today's episode. Let's kick off this episode with a story about yelling. When my son was about six, I took him to a Seattle Mariners baseball game. My son wanted to see the first pitch and we were cutting it close. On our way to our seats, he reminded me that he wanted a program with the scorecard, but we didn't have time to both buy the program and be in our seats for the first pitch. So I created a solution on the fly. I said, here's your ticket. Why don't you just go to your seat so you can see the first pitch I'll buy the program and meet you for the second batter. When I arrived at my seat, my son was not there. I checked around the area. I went the next section over, but my son was nowhere to be seen. I ran to a security guard to report my son missing. He could sense my panic. He said, don't worry, we'll find him. We've not lost even one child in the history of this stadium. He asked what my son looked like and pointed me in the direction of the security office. As I scanned the crowd, I saw my son sitting in a seat, surrounded by people with Red Sox hats, three sections from our seats. I called to my son, and he waved to me. As my son approached me, the guard took my elbow and whispered in my ear, Hug him! Don't kill him! At least not until you get home! That guard got it exactly right. As my son approached me, I teetered between two strong feelings. I was deeply grateful that my son had not been kidnapped. I was also flooded with anger. So The anger was there. I easily could have borrowed a page from my mother's parenting playbook and yelled. I have a distinct memory of being about four years old when my mother took me to the mall to buy a Barbie doll. I was getting rewarded for winning the family gold star chart contest. Well, my mom and I got separated in a department store. When we reconnected, she yelled at me. She marched me back to the car and told me that as a punishment for being naughty, I wasn't getting my Barbie doll. I remember how scared I was when I couldn't find her. But then seeing her out of control added to the trauma of the day. I learned that my mother was not my soft landing spot. There are good reasons to not have adult temper tantrums when you're angry. When we lose it, when we nag or yell or threaten or punish, we erode trust. Plus, we erode credibility. How can we ask our kids to manage their own OCD-related thoughts and feelings when we can't do it ourselves? Now, don't get me wrong. No one is perfect. We're human, and we will all create circumstances when we want an anger redo. It feels terrible to explode and let anger run the show. I'd like to suggest five steps you can do to recover from an angry outburst. But first, let's understand anger a bit better. Well, what is anger? Anger is just a feeling. It's a sensation that courses through your body. Feelings are like the warning lights on your car dashboard. They're intended to communicate important information. If the low tire pressure light comes on, you put more air in your tires. Anger communicates that the world as we experience it is different than the world as we expect it. The gap represents something very important to us. Danger often lies in this gap. So anger kind of motivates us to wage war with reality. Now, we often think that our circumstances create our feelings. I argue that our thoughts about our circumstances create our feelings. That day in the ballpark, I had a number of thoughts. I thought and expected that my son was going to follow my simple instructions and get to his seat. After all, I was trying to help him get what he wanted to see the first pitch and have a scorecard. I thought and expected that a six-year-old would be able to not drop the ticket, find the right section and row and see. And I completely overlooked the possibility that my son would feel an urge to join a group of enthusiastic Red Sox fans. He just visited Fenway Park a couple weeks earlier. I was mad at my son for not following my simple instructions. I was mad at myself for making the mistake of giving my son more responsibility than he could really handle. Usually when I yelled, my child's crime was something that we could predict based on the stage of his brain development. Your young kids break and lose things. Kids of all ages find it challenging to manage OCD. And even adult kids don't say, oh, mother, I'd be delighted to put aside the things I love to do so that I can attend to your priorities on your arbitrary schedule. I was also mad at the world for being a place that normalized the pictures of lost children on milk cartons. You might have your own triggers for anger, like feeling unheard or disrespected or ignored. You might get mad when the actions of others cause you inconvenience. You might get mad at people who create unsafe circumstances for people you love. You might get mad at your child's teachers. You might get mad if the actions of others create more work for you. Sometimes you get mad at silly things and you wonder why. My brother and I once shared how much spills set us off. We realized that our mother got very angry over spills, and her anger took over. It scared us as kids. In our brains, spills were dangerous. No wonder that spilling even water was so awful for us. On a very primal basis, you can get mad when somebody you love is threatened. Anger drives the mother bear fight response. In some families, anger itself is seen as dangerous. In those families, anger is repressed until it can't be ignored anymore. Then there's an explosion. The way that anger is expressed, not the anger itself, represents the real danger. Poorly managed anger can destroy relationships. So how do you respond to anger? Well, if you were a Zen master, you might be able to witness your anger and express it in a healthy way. Zen masters demonstrate emotional regulation, the ability to witness and feel their emotions and make conscious choices about their actions. Here's an example of emotional regulation of anger from the movie Barbie. If you've seen the movie, you know that Ken inadvertently imports patriarchy to Barbie Land. The Barbies successfully launch a campaign to overturn toxic masculinity and restore the Barbieland Constitution. As the Barbies celebrate, the CEO of Mattel arrives on the scene and delivers his thoughts. Thanks to Barbies, I can now relieve myself of the very heavy existential burden while hanging on to the very real title of CEO. And we can restore Barbieland to exactly the way it was. President Barbie interrupts him, Mr. Mattel. He interrupts her and says, call me mother. What will President Barbie say? Will we see an explosion of rage triggered by the blatant act of patriarchy? No. President Barbie calmly says, no, thank you, and describes her version of the future. You might be able to regulate your response to anger most of the time. However, there will be times in which anger is in charge of you. You witness yourself nagging or yelling or being sarcastic or punishing others. It can be embarrassing when you have an adult temper tantrum. Maria had a blow up on the last day of her son's visit home from college. It had been a difficult visit. Maria saw that her son's OCD was getting worse rather than better. Specifically, he had more elaborate rituals around leaving the house that consumed more and more time. Well, on the last day, Maria wanted to take her son to the airport. It was a family tradition. She figured out a way to juggle her schedule so that she could get her son to the airport and get to an important meeting on time. It did mean, however, that she and her son would have to leave the house by 7 a.m. Now, Maria had a bad feeling about this plan. She knew that her son invested about a half hour of ritual before leaving the house on good days. He's not a morning person, and if he messed up his ritual, he'd go back to the very beginning and start over. The day before, Maria reminded her son on three different occasions that he absolutely must leave the house by 7 a.m., She resisted the temptation to ask, now, have you done the math? Have you factored in the time for your compulsions? The night before, she asked her son, well, do you want me to wake you up? He lashed out at her. He reminded her that he was an adult now and he could wake himself up. Maria was grateful when she got up to take her shower and heard her son awake in his room. She was in the car at 6.55 and she was alone. She honked her horn. No response. She honked longer. Finally, she stormed into the house and found her son repacking his suitcase. Maria blew up. She pointed to her watch and said, what are you thinking about? 7 a.m. You promised. Her son had promised, but when he picked up the suitcase, something wasn't right. He felt compelled to repack. She said, I'm just so fed up. Just call an Uber and I'll pay for it. She turned and left without hugging her son goodbye or telling him how much she loves him. She simmered in anger as she drove to work. She said, doesn't my son understand that his OCD impacts others? Getting out of the house was very important to me today. Clearly, he doesn't respect me or my time. By the time she got to the office, she had doubled down on her anger. She convinced herself how justified her outburst was. After her big meeting, Maria calmed down. She felt regret. What if something happened? And that was the last interaction she had with her son. She said, I felt like the world's worst mom. Well, if you explode, What do you do? What was Maria's next step? Here are five steps you can use to recover after you've lost your cool and yelled. Step number one, the very first thing to do when you lose your cool is to stop. Disengage so you don't make things worse rather than better. You might even want to physically leave the room. Step number two, calm yourself down. Sometimes deep breathing will do it. Sometimes you go get the mat out by leaving and yelling and punching a pillow or cleaning the bathroom. Some people take longer than others to get back to calm. Sometimes you can diffuse your anger by asking yourself what you made the circumstances mean and by telling a different story. Yes, it's true that Maria's son was not in the car at 7 a.m. She got angry because of her thought, if my son respected me, he would have been in the car at 7 a.m. Since he wasn't, he must not respect me. And Maria didn't like feeling disrespected. That was one of her triggers. Well, she could feel differently by telling herself the story, This is not about me. This is because of my son's need to manage his OCD more effectively. One of my mentors said, You'd be surprised to learn how infrequently people think about you. People think about themselves. In the movie Oppenheimer, the Louis Strauss character witnessed a conversation between Oppenheimer and Einstein from a distance, Einstein was chilly as he walked past Strauss. Strauss was convinced that Queen Oppenheimer and Einstein from it were talking about him. In fact, the conversation had nothing to do with him. It was about something much more profound. Step number three, offer an apology. Once you're calm, ask the other person, is this a good time to talk? Describe what you did I lost my cool and yelled at you. I didn't hug you or tell you how much I loved you before you left. Recognize the impact your actions have on this other person. Maria might say to her son, you might wonder if I'll be there for you even when you struggle with OCD. You could say to a young child, it must be scary to see an adult out of control. Then take full responsibility. Say, this is me. I made a mistake when I lost my cool. Avoid assigning responsibility to others. Don't say, if you only would have been in the car at seven like you said you would, this wouldn't have happened. Then do a replay. Maria could say to her son, I wish I could go back in time and do things differently. Here's what I wish I would have said and done. Here's what I'm going to do to avoid this happening in the future. Then express regrets. Say, I'm truly sorry. And then make amends. Ask, is there any way I can make this up to you? You want to express your love and trust in the other person. Maria might say something like, I know that you hate being a prisoner of your obsessions and compulsions. I see how hard you're working, and I trust that you will get there. Your apology is your attempt to repair the damage that your outburst created. You're rebuilding a bridge between the two of you. Step number four, forgive yourself. You are human and humans make mistakes. Remind yourself that every interaction is an opportunity for growth and learning for both you and your child. When you lose it and apologize, You model what's possible for your child. Then you can remind yourself of something my own parenting coach told me. You only have to be an outstanding parent 51% of the time. Love will take you to 100%. And last, avoid collateral damage. It's very human to say, what kind of terrible person yells at their kids? You might feel guilt or regret, or even shame for doing the things that you did. You could get angry at yourself for expressing your anger as you did. Please skip the self-punishment. Instead, have your own back. When you make a mistake, just put your hand over your heart and say, how human of me to lose my temper. I'll do better next time. So what do you do the day after you explode? First, enjoy your child. Your goal is to reconnect in love. Focus on things you appreciate about your child. Celebrate wins, have fun together, play. Step number two, define the anger gap. Describe your expectations that diverge from reality. You might long for a world in which your neurodivergent kids are seen and celebrated for who they are and have the same opportunities as neurotypical children. You might expect that the world will be freed of bullies and prejudice and small-minded thinking. Is there some part of you that believes your child should be treated like their neurotypical friends, classmates, and peers? Is there part of you that expects that your child will do their OCD work, or that you should be able to do your child's work for them. As long as you hold on to expectations about how the world should be, you have a chronic source of anger. You're in a better position to manage your anger when you radically accept reality as it is. Your child's brain is wired as it is. We live in the world as it is. How can you help develop the skills and tools to thrive in this imperfect world? Maybe your new thought is the world is as it is. My kid can acquire the tools to thrive and build a community of people who value and accept them just as they are. Step number three identify your triggers, get curious. Identify factors that contribute to your vulnerability to explosion. When you lose it, are you tired or hungry? Are you feeling alone? What one small act of self-care could help you? Step number four, have a family meeting and make a plan for a problematic situation. Maria just assumed that she would take her son to the airport because that's what they did in her family. She did the math and delivered a plan to her son. Instead, she could have invited her son into a conversation about a plan that would work for both of them. She could have said, hey, tomorrow you need to get to the airport for your early afternoon flight. I have a meeting in the morning and I can't be late. That means that if I drive you, we'll need to leave the house at 7 a.m. I know you're not a morning person, should we explore other options. Even a very young child can have great ideas about how to solve problems. Maria has a seven-year-old daughter on the spectrum. Her daughter acts out when she doesn't have her mother's entire attention. That means that the daughter will disrupt Zoom meetings, even though she understands that it's a problem. Maria could call a family meeting and say, I'm hoping we can generate some ideas to avoid a situation that's creating conflict. During the workday, I have important meetings and I need quiet. I notice that there are a lot of distractions and noises. What can we do so that the house is quiet for that one hour during the day? and everyone is getting their needs met. Well, when she did that, her daughter suggested some activities that she could pull out when Maria was on the Zoom meeting. Now, since it's her daughter's idea, chances are very good that when the night before, Maria asks, well, I've got a Zoom meeting tomorrow, what are you going to be doing? The daughter brings up these ideas, and then actually follows through with the plan she herself made. Number five, ask yourself, how do I want to show up in my role as parent or partner or friend? Remember, the only person you can control is yourself. You don't have control over the circumstances you face. You don't have control about what others will or will not do. However, you have 100% control over your thoughts, which create your feelings, which inspire your action. So these are some general principles that are universally valid. However, the way that you apply these principles in your family is a function of your family values and the skills and tools of your family members. Well, no matter what happened in the past, you can avoid yelling or recover from yelling with a few simple steps. Thanks for stopping by. I hope that you found value in this content. If so, please feel welcome to share this podcast episode with family and friends and others who support your child's effort to be freed from OCD. Want to learn more about the OCD Haven? This is a community of people whose lives are touched by OCD. They join the community to access a safe place where they can learn more about OCD, tell their own stories, and get some skills and tools so that they show up the way that they want to. If you are interested in being freed from the tyranny of OCD, I'll leave a link below so you can learn more. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks for your efforts to help yourself and your family be freed from OCD. You got this.